0: Alright, welcome along to the Continuum podcast. My name is Adam. In the other corner, as always, is Kyle. How's it going? Kyle, we're right. Yeah, good thing, Seth. Good. Ready for the ready for the journey. For the journey to Mars, which is where you're gonna take us. Am I right? Yeah, uh, I guess. We gotta figure out how to get there. And well, um I I'm thinking we we rope in our old friend Elon and get him to shoot us up there in a Tesla well you know he's been developing these rockets to to go there now and mm. one of the main ways that he's trying to get this rocket to work is also to obviously shoot shoot up but then also come back and land because that was the whole reason for the shuttle program wasn't it because it was becoming too expensive just to send rockets up to the moon at that point Hmm. if that ever happened. And then they would basically lose the entire vehicle. But now with the shuttle program it was get it up, they could bring the aircraft back down and then just attach it to another rocket and shoot it up. I think Elon's whole idea is to use the same rocket that's going to shoot up and then kind of land back down on its... The kind of land back down. It's just really weird to see when you watch it. It's like a reverse acceleration kind of thing, right? So it basically lowers itself, yeah, down so that it can be reused, so it can be relaunched. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I I think I have seen that. Now that I think about it, but, so um, go on. So we're gonna need one of those. Mm. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure then, why. Have you seen The Martian? I have. Haven? I have, and I actually. Uh, I know I uh, listened to a lot of books. However, that was one book I actually read. That was a book. I didn't know that was a book. Yeah, um, I think it's. I think the author's name was Andy Weir. I want to say um, it was quite interesting. He did he did The Martian, and he did a, another one uh, about a or oh, about a person who basically does. I think it was like mail delivery, but on the moon. Where there's like a structure on the moon. Right. Uh, and yeah. the humans kind of living on there as well. So he's he's proper into the whole like get us living anywhere but Earth. Yeah, exactly. Sort of scenario. Yeah. Um I I didn't know I didn't know it was a book. Is it is it as good as the film? Or is the film as good as the book? So, uh again, I think I think the film did very well to to kind of stand in as the book does, I think the book again has a little bit more content, a little bit more extra information that you're probably mm. missing. But I think it did a really good job. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Um, and I think a lot of people did, didn't they? But, yeah. but that did give me some ideas as well. If I can say that, when, when we've spoken about this project, what we're going to do, we've got to do, we've got to sort out food, yeah, potatoes. Because, is is potatoes really one of those things where you can cut it up in smaller pieces, and it can grow?
1: From no, itself? you just
0: need. Well, yeah, but you don't need to even cut it up. You like I've grow, I grow potatoes pretty much every year, and potatoes just. Have you ever like? Do you, where do you put your potatoes when you go food shopping? In, in the trolley. Okay, when you get home, <laughs> once you've bought the potatoes, where do you put them? Do you put them in the fridge or do you put them in a the cupboard? I put them in a the cupboard. Okay, so after if, if you don't get through them for a couple of weeks, mm. do you get the little chits on them? Yeah. Yeah. So each one of those, I think, becomes another potato. But that's, a, but that's, a, that's already you a place. I'm going to have to try this, but do you mean it's going to start growing in like a cluster or... Yeah, yeah, it grows like it, it shoots out and grows. I think, in in fact, I think the chits grow into like roots, sort of thing, and then more potatoes grow off those roots. If I, you know, I've dug them up, and now that I'm thinking about it, they come like basically off a big string. That one potato hmm. like turns to mush, but it sort of feeds the rest of the potatoes. It's really quite alien, right? Okay, but it's, it's like they're the easiest thing to grow in the world. Yeah, without that's, a doubt, they're so easy. Apart from maybe cress. Did, did you grow cress at school? That's <laughs> cool. Did you not know yeah. that, that was one of the wacky things that I remember doing at school? I think you grow cress in an eggshell. Why an eggshell? <laughs> I don't know. It's just what it was. You cut an eggshell, or you yeah, you know, you break an eggshell, try and crack it so that it's nice, nice half to the you know. You get the bottom half, put a bit of soil in there, a couple of cress seeds. Off it goes. Sounds pretty wasteful. How? Oh. I think, I think actually, because, you know, you, people compost eggshells. I compost eggshells. Yeah. So I imagine yeah. it actually gives a little bit of nutrients. I suppose that, that kind of makes sense, but yeah. Mm. Uh, and how much does this crest grow out? So you're talking within a couple of can... weeks, is kind of overgrowing, or? I mean, this, this is like a, we're talking, Something I did coming up to thirty years ago. What do you even Rick use cress for? Salads, egg, yeah. egg cress, egg cress. That's why you grow it in the shell because <laughs> <laughs> it goes so well with egg. Uh, right. Except that's not really something that I actually agree on because I think egg cress sandwiches are grim. Well, I mean, I do, I do enjoy a good. Egg mayo sandwich, but again, you've got to yeah. you've got to pick your environment. Yeah, actually, talking about that now, I have had a uh, egg mayonnaise and cris sandwich. I used to buy those yeah. from the uh, from the little vans that you used to come by and mm. drop well, not drop food off, but you could buy from. But that actually, you know, going along those lines, you're saying it's one of the. I remember back when we used to work together. I can tell you who, but people bought in egg. It probably was you, to be honest. Yeah, he's bringing in egg crest sandwiches or egg sandwiches. And it's like, these sort of things should be banned. In (laughs) fact, I distinctly remember telling you (laughs) that you weren't allowed to put fish in the microwave and you continued to do so. (laughs) No, no, no. I didn't put fish in the microwave. I did bring fish to work. So (laughs) it's an assault on the senses, and no one should be allowed to do that. The so place where, where I, I work now, everyone eats tuna. It drives me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it just stinks. Yeah, the place that I work now, I work by myself, so I can eat <laughs> as much as I like. I'm having yeah. big mayo, tuna, <laughs> sarmies every day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's yeah. so on the senses, honestly. People, yeah. people that take—I mean—you're in a different uh, situation now, where you are working on your own, so that's fine. I, I'll give you a pass for that. But, but, but is it because you don't? There should be nationwide bans. No, I—I I, I actually think even if I did eat it, I think it's—it's it's too aggressive. No, I do, but the smell is too. You know, you, it, you, if people put like salmon or something in the microwave. And then I put something in afterwards. My food will start tasting like salmon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you you have said before you're not a big fan of fish, though, are you? I'm not a big fan of fish. So, would you, would but you what you say I'm saying is, you're what I'm saying is, it's it's not right that you put put salmon in the microwave when you know goddamn well that other people are going to be using that microwave after you. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I guess I okay, guess we. There coming. should be rules. Come on. Yeah, but again, we're we're living in this world now. It's you can't you can't please everybody, can you? No. So, right. you know, I want to say not me. I, I want to say maybe you've got to have two microwaves. And you've got to have a fishy microwave. And <laughs> this is have... what I was just thinking. I was actually thinking there's the there's only one real way around this, and it's having one microwave for fish, one microwave for every, curries. One microwave for everything else. Yeah, Th- that's curries where it are another one. Yeah, see, I don't mind. I, I remember going to um, my my wife's nan's house and got a curry and warmed it up in the microwave. And yeah, she she kind of she's cursing for days. <laughs> but you know what? The other one that stinks is popcorn. You know, the microwave popcorn. Oh yeah, agenda. you burn um, that stuff, and you're in trouble. Yeah, you've you've got to I've- cook that stuff perfectly. Yeah, because well, the microwave stuff is just impossible to get really and cook it all all the way through. You know, you're always going to get those little kernels left at the end. I had it once though. We had microwavable popcorn on the cobs. Okay, so just like dried. They were popcorn basically, still on the cob, and you put them in these little bags, tied them off, and put them in the microwave. Pop, 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 off they went. Now, one of them I took out, and like half the cob was still unpopped. And I was like, that's no good. Put it back in, probably 10, 20 seconds, ruined the microwave. Honestly, it, it burnt. It like okay. burned all the ones that were popped, it burned those. <laughs> and then the microwave, you, we couldn't get rid of that smell. I'm yeah, pretty sure we ended up in, in the microwave. Yeah, just, just for a little smell, bit of popcorn. Just, yeah, yeah. I think for ten seconds, microwave popcorn is uh, really convenient. However, I think if you're going to do it, you have to do it on the stove with a pot mm. or whatever else. I do find that's kind of the best way to the mm. best way to do one popcorn. of those ones that's got the little the, lid on. Yeah, that's where I do it. What is it? I mean, they they, you can get them in the actual bags, can't you? That come with like they're like foil, and you put them in, and then I think they sort of expand as the things pop inside. Oh, is that is that what I've seen in movies, like in the states, that kind of thing? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't buy that. I'll buy the the like just the kernels, and then yeah, throw those in and cook it that way. So, but yeah, I mean, we'll probably have to take. Probably have to take popcorn on the journey, wouldn't we? What to Mars? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. we got we got potatoes, which you also have to consider as um you've got to take a few varieties of pot- potatoes as well, haven't you? Yeah, probably. Because mm-hmm. that was the big thing with the potato famine in, in Ireland. You know, what, our the neighbours. They were only grow- trying to grow one variety. That's yeah, of- bad. From from what I understand, back in the day, that was that was one of the big issues that they had when mm. this famine was going on. I think there was a dis- there was a disease that was infesting the the potato crop. Mm. Uh, but the problem that they're having was they're only growing one, you know, maybe one, one variety type. of potatoes, and thus you know their so entire. if they had more, some of them would some of the like varieties are probably immune to the yeah to exactly the disease yeah, and, and just growing something different. Because you've also heard about, have you heard these seed farms or honestly seed, like seed vaults that they've got in the world as well? No, I so, think so what's they've got? I think a few around the world where they they've got yeah these massive climate-controlled vaults that mm. they'll they've got numerous seeds of different plants and flowers and everything else from around the world all in these vaults, you know, in the event that there's going to be some kind of, I don't know, apocalypse or something along those lines, or if they need to perhaps go back, because you know from what I understand how much we are uh, engineering our produce now. I thought you were going to say how much we're like pillaging the world of its resources. Well, that that could be part of it. But I I think the, the big thing is, when you keep changing the products you know um what's what's the word like genetic you know genetically, genetically modifying, mutating the yeah 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 because um, we're adding all these different fertilizers and things to mm. i suppose to make it you know so we've got like perfect vegetables More. perfectly straight carrots and yeah, perfectly straight. Is that, is that straight. what you're talking about? Well, it's yeah, you've got perfectly straight carrots, but then the farmers also want to get their yields and have to have, you know, less if you can get crops that use less water and you know it's gonna reduce the amount, reduce the cost, mm. you know, foster yields, that kind of thing. So I think they they continuously trying to genetically modify food, which I think sometimes you hear that word genetically modify. Mm. You start almost getting a bit scared of it. And I think to some extent it's perhaps I remember listening to a TED talk a few years ago now. Um it's quite it's my smart hat coming on. Yeah. But um makes a change. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that off right now. Um but they were talking about uh you know genetically modified foods and how if they didn't have what they've got now in terms of the these seeds or plants, how they've been genetically modified? You know, it could be a, a case that there could be more starving people in the world, um mm. you know, because they wouldn't be able to keep up with the demand, keep the crop growing. I yeah, yeah. Exactly. Some of it isn't. Some of it like modified to keep pests away. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Listen to us. Sounded like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, <laughs> if if we're not on trips to Mars, we're just gonna just genetically modify our food whilst yeah. whilst we're up there to to sort it out. But yeah, it's it is it is interesting because I, I always think about waste hmm. and where you've got genetically modified foods because you've got to keep up with demand. How much waste is there of food? That's that again shops and restaurants and that are mm. just getting you know throwing in the throwing in the bin hmm. yeah oh so much <clears throat> so much i mean we we try here like me and the wife we try to make sure we eat everything you know or if if it's like fresh stuff that we haven't got around to eating mm. or, or even if it's like just the odd berry that goes moldy it goes in the compost you know we Try and put it back in the earth. It's not always the case, but yeah. You know, we we try our best to, you know, minimize the amount of waste. So you you've got a compost got so bin. Much. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, you've got a big compost bin at the back of the garden. How many liters we're talking? 120. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I right. think I think I had one of those. Yeah. Or you know, one of those walk. comes up to you know chest height sort of thing, maybe a little bit lower, maybe stomach abdomen. You got some worms in there as well. Well, it's on the gut, like on the back corner of the garden of yeah. the raised beds. So you know the worms and bugs and stuff get in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do their thing. It amazes me how much um, how much thermal heat comes out of that as well. Mm. When you when you I don't know if you, how often you kind of take it out or you know lift it up and you actually see. You know, middle of winter, you'll just see like the heat, kind of, or you know, it's just steaming out Steam, of there. Steam, yeah, it's incredible. That's yeah, how much actually goes on there. So, because there are things that you can throw in and things you can't. Mm-hmm. So, what are, what are your thoughts on throwing things like, I mean, eggshells? Those are going in, yep? Yeah? yeah, eggshells going. in. Yeah, I mean, a proper person's going to say you've got to have the right mix here. You need a proper like green to brown mix ratio, or do you just mm-hmm. chuck everything in? No, um, not everything. No cardboard. Try and get, you want to get? No, I don't put cardboard in there actually. And paper, I suppose paper. probably because we, you know, we've got the recycling bins, so there's no real need <laughs> for us to chuck the cardboard in there. Yeah, um, I, I don't. <laughs> there's, there's that kind of. Uh, I was a little bit confused at one point because. Being in the businesses that I've been in before I've, um, and and knowing some of the people that I knew, the recycling industry is obviously quite big in South Africa, especially paper recycling. And one of the things mm. that astounds me is you, you can't recycle pizza boxes. Mm. Yeah, there's something, even over here, yeah, there's, there's something about it, isn't there, that any, any uh, items that go in recycling have to be cleaned of all food sorts and yeah but that, that bothers me though because pizza boxes in South Africa you can do because again knowing knowing the uh well sorry my, my understanding of the process is that they'll take this paper and they kind of if they'll want to say maybe just uh slice it up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah and and then they'll put it into basically a big boiler. And they just boil mm-hmm. this thing and continue mm-hmm. boiling it, you know. And, and they'll take the skim off and, and all of this. It's just like, well, how much food waste is going to be, be on there? And that food waste is going to be dispersed anyway. Yeah, I remember telling. Then what do know, they do? With it? Do they do they like sieve it off and then turn it into more paper? Is that how yeah. it works? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So, yeah, I think that they once they've boiled it and separated skims and the papers and everything else, they'll take those. Those paper fibers, and I think mm. they kind of just push it through, let it dry, and they start mashing it all together to form new new papers. So I think, um, mm. yeah, because different papers, different. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to get into it. That's that's boring talk. It is. <laughs> this is pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. <clears throat> but are you suggesting then we have a recycling facility on Mars? I mean, well, does does anyone know if Mars is actually going to be like possible to inhabit it at some point? Because from yeah, look, my understanding, it's so far. Well, what did we say? The moon was one hundred, two hundred thousand miles away, or something. Yeah. Two hundred forty thousand miles. I think we said. Now we can see the moon. We can't see Mars. Well, you so, can. Well, okay, we can, but it just looks the same size as a star. Okay. Do you know what I mean? If we were to, if you take, basically what I'm saying is it's well over 240,000 miles away. So that extra distance between Mars and the sun, do you know what I mean? Is it even going to get, what sort of heats does Mars get? I don't know, because just to just to give you a bit of reference and for for the uh, the listeners, the current distance from Mars to Earth. I suppose that's the other thing is you, you've got to take the distance into account. That varies, doesn't it? Because when you've mm. got an orbit, yeah, because it's not, to, yeah. Must, oh yeah. yeah, there's a yeah, different. So you've even got to, you've got to time it so that you go as it's coming round. Yeah, exactly. I expect. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. So it's like at the shortest distance by the time you reach it. I'm not the person to trust with those mathematical (laughs) equations. I'm just going to put it out there. (laughs) There's there's too many things to go wrong because I'm the type of person that will look. I'll go, we got to wait till it's nighttime so I can see where Mars is. And then let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It's going a straight line. Yeah, I I would have missed it by that point. Yeah, by the time you get there, it's long gone. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, the current distance is uh, 197 million kilometers away. What's that in miles? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll have to check that out. But uh, your trip to Mars would take around 21 months. 21 months? That's well, a lot hold of time on. in a space show. Oh, no, no. Hold on. So, sorry. They talk about if you're going to do a whole trip. Thanks, NASA. They're a waste of space, aren't they? Dopes. Um, so <laughs> it's going to take nine I months I just called NASA it. dopes. <laughs> I take that back completely because, I mean, listen yeah, well, to us for the last 20-odd episodes. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, if you go onto Google and you look this up quickly, I'm having a quick under now. NASA have kindly provided a 3D model of uh, what Mars looks like on Google as well. So you can click on there. You can look at it in 3D. I'm just looking at a red circle here. Yeah. That's 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 pretty much it. Well, thanks very much, Nessa. That was very insightful. How much money are they getting every year? Probably loads. What we need to do is get satellites over it, over Mars, so we could have Google Mars, like, you know, Google Earth. Yeah. And then you could, like, zoom down, try and find where the Tesla landed. (laughs)
1: <laughs> see, if it's
0: even landed yet Yeah See I don't know why There's a fascination Why do we even need to go that far Why Why don't we just go down into the ocean Down into the ocean Yeah Well for one we don't have gills Okay Well Are you thinking like make loads of domes on the seabed Yeah did you ever play the games? Uh, the game Bioshock Yes. Yeah. So I believe I did. Yeah. That was, um, in summary, a very, very rich man. Uh, once, once decided to, basically, save what people he could, and build a new civilization under under the water, mm. in these domes, kind of like what was that? Um, what was that? Those creatures in Star Wars. Jar Jar Binks What was uh Oh yeah What are those creatures Called Gungans Yeah And uh, <laughs> It's got my friend Brian Blessed on there He's made another appearance um, On where He was the head Gungan He was the king Wasn't he Was he Yeah he's the one That makes that noise, that. Know that. <laughs> that, that noise I That noise Okay I should probably know that But no I don't know Well oh, there's a bit of uh Yeah let for you. Um, okay. But, so, yeah, because they lived under the water in those little domes. Yeah. Mm. Now, again, we've got these satellites that can, like I said, we can fire off to Mars, we can do all this stuff. We still don't know what's underneath us. our sets. You know, I don't think we want to know. Like, from what I've seen so far, the things on, the, like, down in the deep parts of the ocean are like the ugliest things in the world. They're... Terrifying for what? Like you know, have you? I don't know if you've seen the the discovery. that you know, just discovered like, creatures from more than three hundred miles down into the earth, or whatever it is. I've seen a couple of David Attenborough films. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, when, I mean, when
0: they go like really deep. And then they find all of those creatures. They're just horrifying. Don't you think that's insane to to think that you can go so so deep into the water that light no longer passes through the like you cannot see light anymore. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Hence why if we're going to build a civilization at the on the seabed, it's just going to be dark. <laughs> really, really dark. <laughs> yeah, this but that's a that's a good way you're gonna try to find that if you're gonna live in a hostile environment, you wanna you know want to build a base that can withstand a whole bunch of pressures and well, what's mm. more hostile than living you know a few kilometers under the under the sea? I mean if you have a problem oh. down there, I'm sorry you're dead. That's just that's pretty true, I suppose. Yeah. Why 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 waste a rocket? to go suggesting like the first test should be done down. Why aren't we exploring more of our planet before we go over to others? Yeah, I suppose so. But that, I want to say it's kind of human nature, isn't it? Because again, how much, how much have you seen of England before you've gone to go see the rest of the world? That's a pretty fair point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How much of England have you seen? Oh, not enough. No, not enough. no, It's not a great no. place. <laughs> Again, the we've spoken, but the diversity mm. that this country has is, is still astounds me. To see how how an accent can vary so much, and we've only like traveled 50 miles. We've only traveled, yeah, like fifty miles away, yeah. and you can hardly understand what they're talking about. <laughs> it's pretty true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's so many so many places I want to go see around here, and again, I still want to go up north and go see Scotland, but it's, it's just finding the time and yeah and doing it. We've just got too much going on, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you really should. Scotland has some incredible looking places. Well, where have you been? I mean, I've only been to Edinburgh, but okay. <laughs> which was cool. But there's definitely other places in Scotland that I want to visit. For sure. I want to see all the mountains. I'd love to see the Hebrides and stuff like that. you go see the Highlands and... Yeah. uh, Yeah. What did you say? The Hebrides? Hebrides. I'm pretty sure that's like the other end of the Highlands, is it? I don't know. That sounds... It's it's, it's inner and outer Hebrides. It sounds like a Roman... Shetland Islands? and then the Hebrides? Greek God. The Hebrides. It does sound a bit like that, actually. Yeah. It's probably got some kind of influence because that's that's uh, the the Romans were here one once upon a time, weren't they? Well, I expect so. I mean, we'll we'll have to figure that out in the next episode, I suspect. Oh, good news! <laughs> a little bit of history, yeah. a little bit of Roman and Greek history. How how good is your Roman and Greek history? Oh, we'll find out. okay fair (laughs) enough all right that's it for this week we'll catch you in the next one see you later guys cheers guys (laughs) bye